1: Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us today. National championship college football game last night. Uh, A good one until really the the final couple minutes of the ball game. So chalk that up as a very good championship game. Georgia, uh, their first college football title since 1980. That's really hard to believe. Uh, Of course, Alabama, it seems like they are in the mix or in the national championship game or win it just about every season. I know a lot of people probably disappointed that it was an all-SEC championship game. I was pulling for some sort of Big Ten representation there with Michigan, but obviously uh, that uh, opportunity fell flat on its head in the semifinal game. But Georgia uh, wins, and that concludes the uh, football season for this year. It's already interesting to look at the uh, way early top 25 polls and uh, rankings and thoughts on college football for the next season. And I'm paying attention, of course, last year at this time, coming off the IU season that they had, uh, the Hoosiers were getting some real marks in in top 20s, top 25s, and uh, were one of the hot teams to watch for this coming season. I think at one point they were as high as number 10 in some of the real early uh, rankings of, of college football looking ahead to next season. Obviously, uh, that's not the case with this Indiana team. I've not seen Indiana mentioned really in any kind of national uh, landscape for football this next season at all. But uh, college football in the books, thirty-three, eighteen, the final score. Georgia, I guess you could say at it, it, it upset they were the third-seeded team in the Final Four, uh, Alabama number one, obviously. But the betting line from the very get-go, uh, as soon as the national championship game was set, had – uh, Georgia basically a two-and-a-half-point favorite from from the word go. So I think it, to me it was an upset to, to a lot of people. That when you see Nick Saban and Alabama in a ch- title game, uh, they're going to be the favorite. But uh, Georgia with a victory last night to to bring home and end uh, the college football season. So from this point forward, it's just college basketball, meaning we're into the real heart of the season. Big Ten Conference play underway Indiana on a two-game winning streak and uh, lots to focus on and talk about here in the coming month and a half or so as we get ready for March Madness. I mentioned yesterday, it's hard to believe but we will be uh, to that point in really a month and a half from now. Uh, We'll be getting to the Big Ten Tournament and uh, the latter moments of the uh, regular season. So hard to believe, but that's just where we're at. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one. Coming up here in just a few moments, we'll have our headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Mike Woodson, coach's show last night. We'll mention a few topics from that, Uh, a couple recruiting notes to pass along. You know, I've been paying attention to uh, IU and the net ratings for the NCAA, uh, net ratings that have replaced RPIs, basically. We'll mention that coming up here. And uh, Trace Jackson Davis had a really good interview on the Big Ten Network yesterday, where he covered a lot of interesting topics. And I want to mention a few things from that coming up here in just a bit. Also, some high school basketball tonight. Uh, Interesting game, New Albany on the road at Southwestern Hanover tonight. The Bulldogs really could use a win after that bad loss at home to a really good Indianapolis Cathedral team on Saturday night. And there's a big girls game tonight that kind of has maybe some tournament implications to it or a tournament preview-type matchup, and I'll mention that coming up a little bit later in segment one. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosiers with me on Tuesdays. We'll talk IU basketball. We'll take you through the last two games for the Hoosiers and what's ahead here over the next week or so. And then Mike Pegram of Peaks.com joins in segment number three. Austin Parks is a real IU target. He cut his list yesterday. He was at the IU-Minnesota game on Sunday. We're going to learn a little bit more about him with Peagues when he joins us later today. Also, there are some football things to get to. I mentioned kind of now that college football is over for the year, uh, looking ahead to next year. IU not mentioned in any of those way early rankings, but uh, a new uh, defensive line coach for the Hoosiers, uh, a couple new additions from the transfer portal from Indiana and still some moving pieces out there as well with this team here in the offseason. So we'll catch up on that uh, as well as some basketball recruiting stuff with Mike a little bit later in the hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our headlines of the day, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. And the first thing I should tell you is the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450 is the number. Again, 502-414-1450. Get your phone out, open a text message, type in the number. I'd love to have your questions and comments on the Hoosiers and high school basketball and IU football, maybe something from the national championship game last night. Uh, Anything we talk about is open. We'll get your uh, comments, your thoughts. Maybe it's a question for Mike Schumann or Mike Pegram, two great IU beat writers that are going to join us today. Uh, You can send those in, 502-414-1450, and download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. All right, now our headlines for this Tuesday program. Uh, Mike Woodson, the coach's show, most Mondays. I think next Monday is a night off because IU plays that night. But uh, he recapped a little bit of everything uh, on the show last night. It's worth a listen. He really gets into some particulars about the team. Uh, he said, "We." this is a quote here from Coach Woodson, we've become a really good defensive team. They believe in each other on the defensive end. And then he went on to say that the offense has, quote, always been a work in progress. I also thought it was interesting. He talked some about Rob Fennessy. He said, quote, he's been playing really well the last two, three weeks for us. I think a lot of it had to do with injuries and his confidence. That was a big part of it, but we're going to need him to continue to play that way the rest of the way. And Just some other good stuff. Trey Galloway back. He mentioned uh, Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis, the two biggest leaders on the team. I don't think there's any question about that uh, based on what we've seen so far this year and he talked about the Big Ten in general I thought this was interesting anybody can beat anybody in the Big Ten uh, Woodson said quote you've got to be ready to play each and every night there's no gimmies Uh, said it's one of the best conferences in college basketball which I think we all know for the most part year in and year out that is the Big Ten conference he did preview the Iowa game just a bit as well uh, so good stuff once again for Mike Woodson. And speaking of interviews, I saw not live, but uh, it was somewhere on the on the computer on the internet for you to watch. Maybe the Big Ten Network social media. Not exactly sure, but there was an interview, probably ten minutes or so in length, with Trace Jackson Davis yesterday, just to talking about IU, where things are at for the season. He had a number of interesting things to say. It was a good inter- interview. He covered a lot of topics, first and foremost, obviously talking about the IU season and the two victories and that things are going well for the Hoosiers now. And when he was asked maybe what changed or what you know switch flipped for the Hoosiers to get on a nice little two-game streak and seem to have come together, he said after the Penn State game, and I'm paraphrasing his responses here, but basically the team wasn't listening to Coach Woodson. There were almost little factions in the team and that uh, the players called a meeting and decided that they've got to listen to Coach Woodson, they've got to come together, uh, or they're going to end up like other Indiana teams of the past, which I thought was very, very interesting to hear Wood- uh, to hear Trace Jackson Davis say that. He also talked about uh, Coach Woodson publicly calling him out after the Penn State game for his lack of rebounding and almost lack of leadership in that game. And you can just tell that Mike Woodson and he have a terrific relationship, in fact, he was asked, how's that possible when you know, you've know you only had him for not even, I guess, half a season so far? Uh, and he said just because of how he came in and was honest with him and showed him what he needed to do to get to the le- next level. And He talked about how convinced his parents were after meeting Coach Woodson that first time that he needed to stay at Indiana for another year and get himself as prepared as possible for the p- professional game uh, also, I had forgotten about this, but Trace Jackson Davis, before he was at Center Grove as an eighth grader, a big, tall, lanky, uncoordinated eighth grader, uh forget where he was in middle school, but he was on the B team. And he talked about the process of going from eighth grade B team big man to a freshman at Center Grove playing for Zach Hahn, former Butler player who was on one of the final four teams and starting as a freshman for Center Grove. And of course, he went on to have a great career there. Center Grove never won a state championship, but had a lot of success, a great record during his four years. And of course, he was a varsity guy and a starter basically from day one uh, for Center Grove. But I thought that was interesting as well. Lots of stuff covered by TJD in the interview and uh, definitely was a good listen. He's averaging 19.4 points a game, 8.7 rebounds a game. Uh, Three blocks, 1.9 assists, and just over half of a steal a game. He's had just a terrific uh, start to what likely will be his final year in Bloomington so far, and it's going to be really interesting to see as he goes and leads and scores and blocks and rebounds if IU continues to play uh, up to that and uh, has success here over the next month and a half or so. Uh, Also... A few other things to pass along here in our headlines segment. Been paying a lot of attention to the NCAA net ratings this year, which a few seasons ago were basically brought in as a update, a replacement to the old RPI rankings that were used so much uh, in helping uh, seed at-large teams in the NCAA tournament. The only difference this year with the net rankings, other than still being somewhat new, is they are being updated every day. Uh, almost on a daily basis. It's no longer just a few times a season. It's something that's updated on a regular basis, a lot like some of the other computer uh, analytics that are out there, the Torvik ratings and others that we look at, talk about from time to time. Indiana, it was 33 in uh, the net rankings heading into the uh, Minnesota game. So obviously things rose after the win over Ohio State, and they bumped up to 32 uh, after the win against uh, Minnesota on Sunday. Other Big Ten teams, uh, Purdue is the highest rated net team according to the NCAA's ratings at number eight. Illinois, right behind them, they are at number 11. Michigan State is 15th. And uh, other Big Ten teams, Wisconsin, who's been surging in the conference as of late, They are 23rd. Ohio State is 25th. Iowa, who Indiana plays later this week on the road, is number 27 as well. So uh, Indiana a handful back as far as Big Ten teams go in the net rating, but a pretty good situation uh, to be in right now at number 32 in those rankings or ratings, I should say computer ratings. Also, uh, a recruiting note to pass along, Sunday appeared to be A busy day in Bloomington from a recruiting perspective. I know Xavier Booker, who uh, was at New Albany on Saturday night playing, was there on campus for an unofficial visit and attended the uh, Minnesota game. Also, Austin Parks uh, was there. He's an out-of-state player from over in Ohio. And after his visit to the campus and the game, uh, he cut his list to three schools, Indiana, Ohio State, in West Virginia, and uh, of course, he was at the game on Sunday—an opportunity to see the facilities and Coach Woodson up close and personal, coaching the game. So uh, he seemed to like that. We'll talk more about Austin Parks and who he is. He's six foot ten, two hundred and forty pounds as well. So he got a chance to see how Indiana really utilizes its interior players, specifically Trace Jackson Davis, in that uh, Sunday win over Minnesota. But he was at the game and is uh, seems quickly becoming uh, a target uh, in the 2023 class for this Indiana program. So we'll discuss him coming up a little bit later today in the show as well. Also tonight, high school basketball, New Albany, on the road at Southwestern. Should be a pretty good Tuesday night game uh the game is at Southwestern New Albany fell to 4 and 5 just a game under 500 after the loss to Cathedral on Saturday night. Southwesterns had a a good little spurt here the last few seasons and they are 7 and 4 this season but they've lost 3 of their last 4 games. So two teams meeting for some Tuesday night basketball tonight that both could really use a win for obvious reasons and uh, other games tonight. South Central plays at West Washington. Uh, That's another boys game. And then a really good girls game tonight. You know, Lanesville, just a little out of our area, our coverage area to the west in Harrison County. Uh, They've had a great year. They've been highly ranked in Class A all season long. Angie Hinton, the head coach. Joe Hinton, the legendary Floyd Central coach, is uh, an assistant for Angie. Of course, uh, we know Joe and the uh, resume that he has in Southern Indiana High School basketball. But Lanesville on the road tonight at Trinity Lutheran in Seymour, two very good 1A teams. And, again, that could kind of be a a regional-like preview perhaps if both of those teams can find a way to get to the regional round of the tournament. Charlestown at Eastern tonight in girls' basketball. Floyd Central will host Borden. Providence goes to New Washington. Henryville's at Austin. Silver Creek hosts Madison. Corden will host Forest Park. Paoli at Scottsburg. So a pretty busy Tuesday night, as always, for girls basketball and a pretty light Tuesday night on the boys' side of things. We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Lots of IU discussion coming up next. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll talk IU hoops with him. And then later in the show, Mike Pegram of Peaks.com basketball, recruiting, and football on the agenda with Mike a little bit later in this Tuesday program. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Tuesday program. Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest, to talk some IU basketball. Mike, two wins in a row for this Indiana team, and now a big road test coming up. We know how difficult they can be in the Big Ten in college basketball uh, Thursday night at Iowa.
2: Yeah, I mean, th- this is it, right? They, They have proven that they can win tough games at home and they haven't proven that they can do it out on the road so this is the real test I think these are two games coming up that you look at them on paper and you think you know if you if you want to find a way to win a road game these are winnable games I'm not I'm not predicting wins but these are certainly winnable games both Iowa and Nebraska you know respectable teams especially Iowa but you, you don't go into either of these games thinking Indiana just has no chance.
1: Mike, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, and I mentioned this in the, uh, the opening segment today, I thought he had a really telling interview yesterday with the Big Ten Network. In fact, you've got it posted if anybody wants to go back and watch it at thedailyhoosier.com. He said that there was a lot of frustration uh, from the team as well after that bad Penn State performance, and that he almost felt like there were some factions forming on the team. And so there was a team get-together uh, where they decided they're going to listen to what Coach Woodson had to say, and they're going to play together together uh, I found that interesting uh, based on how bad Indiana was that game and then how good in many regards and improved the team looked these last two games.
2: Yeah. I, I always like to hear what Trace has to say, because he, he's one of the more open players that that Indiana's had in the last few years. So you, you do tend to get nuggets like that when he talks. And I, I did find that particularly interesting. I mean, uh, probably, you know, team meetings are, are probably overblown. They probably happen more than more than we realize. But it was kind of telling, specifically as as you said, coming out of that Penn State game, where there was just something missing from from the team from an energy level perspective. Now they were coming off of a a long break where they hadn't played it in, in a while, so maybe that played into it. You know, maybe it's you know deer in the headlights on the road. I'm I'm not real sure, but. You know, if you if you want to buy into the, the concept that they, you know, that that meeting had some relevance and had some impact, then then you could definitely connect some dots there because there there was just you know a completely different effort and energy level and obviously results against Ohio State. You know, I think Coach Woodson said it after the game, and I would definitely agree that was their best performance of the season. And I you know there there was some more questionable aspects to the, to the Minnesota game. But, but in both cases, you know, again, at home, not 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 on the road, which we still have to find out. But in both cases, Ohio State and Minnesota, what impressed me the most was just how they played in the last 10 minutes of both games, especially Ohio State, which is what made that game so particularly impressive. They, they you know, t- had a top 13 team on their home court close game and they just literally just put them away and we we really haven't seen that you know they've won some games against ranked opponents over the last few years but we really haven't seen them just kind of put their foot on the throat of a good team and just close out a game the way they did in that one
1: Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier my guest Mike uh last night coach Woodson said on his weekly coaches show that uh, defense was his uh, first focus when he arrived at IU and that he felt feels like the team has become a really, I think he said, a really good defensive team uh, and that the offensive side of things has always been a work in progress. That was a direct quote from Coach Woodson. Based on what we've seen in the last handful of games uh, including two good defensive performances this past week, both home games, I, I think as we always note there, um, are you ready to agree that this Indiana team is a good defensive team, and that maybe defense is one of their trademarks? Is that risky to to declare that at this point of the season? I
2: mean, I mean, I think they are, with a little bit of a, a asterisk or a footnote, from the standpoint that I, I feel like the starting lineup, in my opinion, is not necessarily really strong defensively, but the closing lineup that, that we've seen the last couple of games I really think is. And and the, I asked Coach Woodson after the Minnesota game about, you know, using Rob Bennessy and Xavier Johnson on the court together, because that, that seems to be his go-to response when teams spread the four, go five out, look for – driving lanes, which Minnesota's getting to the rim a lot you know, by spreading Indiana out, at times taking Trace Jackson Davis away from the rim that way. Um, he, he seems to want to go to Xavier and Rob, and then even in these last couple of games, he's added Trey Galloway to that closing mix. And and those three on the floor with Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson have been really effective defensively. I mean, Indiana, I, I think J.D. Campbell, the SID, put out the numbers like the last – couple games they they've held teams to 20 percent shooting in the last 10 minutes of those two games so i mean that that, that's a major statement i do feel like that's indiana's best defensive lineup and so it's just going to be interesting here forward you know with that in mind you know how, how does coach woodson handle that does he continue to you know take some defensive risks early in the game by having both Miller Cobb and Parker Stewart out on the floor. Does he tinker with the lineup? Uh, I'm not real sure. So far he's clearly shown that he's more of a stick to the starting five type of coach, but there's some, at least early indicators out there that that there's some better answers.
1: Uh, Mike, I've been paying a little more attention this year uh, during the season to the NCAA net ratings. They're updated On a daily basis, I believe Indiana bumped up one spot after the Minnesota win on Sunday to number 32 right now. Your your thoughts? That's become the key metric for uh, at large placement in the NCAA tournament. What does the number 32 uh, rating for this IU team mean at this point? And is it something that uh, as we get into the middle part of January that uh, we should be paying attention to this rating after each and every game, or is it too early to live and die? By net ratings and other uh, metrics used to gauge the NCAA field. <laughs> well, I guess that,
2: <laughs> that that depends on how much you want to torture yourself with that. But <laughs> especially as Indiana continues to kind of be a team that's, you know, I'd say right now they're they're clearly in based on on the net data, probably like a eight, seven, eight, nine seed type team. Um, but but you know, clearly a long way to go and. You know, so there's going to be a lot of ebbs and flows. You know, as we're saying, you know, if they if they go on the road this week and and get a couple wins, then I'd say you got a pretty clear NCAA tournament team. Still with a long way to go, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what the net ratings say right now. That that 32 is probably you know seven, eight, nine ish type team. Um, you know, they they're going to have a lot of chances, especially on the road, to get. Uh, some first-tier wins that can really boost that rating. I think that's what's holding Indiana back right now is, you know, although they have that nice win over Ohio State, they don't have a lot of wins that are convincing, you know, either to the computers or to the, you know, the pe- people voting when you look at, like, the AP, etc., I think people are still holding back judgment. That, you know, the Penn State game certainly didn't help in anyone's kind of eye test of what they think Indiana is. And so there's just going to be a lot of games coming up here uh, d- down the, the stretch of the Big Ten where, we're you know, Indiana's going to provide all the answers. We're not going to have to question who this team really is, as we've seen year in and year out, that the Big Ten is an absolute grind. And every indication is that it's going to be this year as well, and, and you don't have to look any further than, you know, they were down by a point against minnesota midway through the second half <laughs> that was that was your every indication that there is not going to be an easy game throughout this entire remaining stretch
1: mike uh thornton's text line we've got a question and uh, this is a good one will an undefeated home record be enough to get iu in the ncaa tournament iu what is that? Yep. i think 11 and 0 at home right now
2: yeah, I think it clearly would because you at that point you're talking about some impressive wins including the the one they already have over Ohio State, you'd be talking about a win over Purdue here, which is their next home game. Um that that would a win over Purdue would, would do tons for the resume just cuz how well Purdue is respected by the computers. You, you got other games like Wisconsin coming back, Wisconsin's clearly rising up the ranks. You got Illinois. So uh, I I would say absolutely. Um, but but I think that even that's going to be easier said than done with the, with the teams I just mentioned. I think all of them are going to present major challenges here down the road.
1: Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, thedailyhoosier.com, and at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter if you want to follow Mike's coverage of IU basketball. Um, it looks to me, just looking at Iowa's resume so far uh, looking at their net rating. They're just ahead of Indiana. They would be the closest team just ahead of it, uh, of IU in the latest net rankings out from the NCAA. On paper, a fairly even matchup on Thursday night.
2: Yeah, I'd say even matchup and an interesting matchup because we, we talked about Indiana's defense. Iowa's kind of the, I don't want to say the opposite, but, but Iowa is a very strong offensive team. Um, as they have been for for several years now under Fran McCaffrey their their profile looks almost exactly like it does every year you know top 20-ish type offense defense outside of the top 100 talking adjusted efficiency and so it, it, we, we were joking about that after the game against Minnesota you know looking forward to Iowa it's like I, I'm not real sure why Fran McCaffrey can't figure out defense. It's he, he's had offenses Every year, where you feel like that aspect of their team is good enough to to really contend for the Big Ten and make an NCAA run, but for whatever reason, they, they just haven't been able to figure things out on the defensive end. So for for this game on Thursday night, you know, going to have to score. I, I think I, Iowa has been above seventy points in every game this year except one. They they kind of laid an egg and lost by twenty. And only scored 53 against Iowa State on their home court, so so maybe there's a formula in that particular game for Indiana, but but I doubt it. I, I think you know I was probably going to get into the 70s in this game just because they're they're a really tough cover. They play fast, they spread the floor, they they get three point shots up, and they're efficient. And so I, I think you know it's it's just going to be a battle strength against strength, with, which I always think makes really fun and interesting basketball just to watch as a fan of the game.
1: Mike, a couple questions in recent days. Uh, I think this came up yesterday on the show as well. But starting lineup, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, um, do you think that there's an opportunity, a reason maybe to flip that thing around to make some changes with that a bit? Fans seem to be getting antsy about that. Uh, Is that something that you think we could see here in an upcoming game or two?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the last couple of games have certainly suggested that that might make sense. I mean, I, I think Indiana has not played well in the first 10 minutes of either of the last two games, and they played well in the last 10 minutes, but really of both halves of the last two games. And so I think there's certainly some support of it. The reason why I think it makes sense is just because I think Miller, Kopp, and Parker Stewart's games overlap too much. They're, they're both really good shooters, but they're not major threats to, to beat you off the dribble. And they're, you know, they're, they're average defenders, let's put it that way. And so I think when you start thinking about guys like Trey Galloway or, or Tamar Bates, um, in my opinion, it probably makes sense to, to separate Stewart and Kopp in, in different lineups and uh, put, put Bates and, and Galloway ne- next to them in, in those different lineups. Um, obviously Bates has been struggling here a little bit and galway has been surging. So, so there's some management with, with those minutes, but that that's my take on it. But also, as I'm often reminded by people, you know, we, we probably tend to focus too much on the starting lineup rather than, you know, actual minutes played and who closes out the game. Um, so, so it seems like Woodson, while he's not changing his lineup to this point, he is changing who finishes the game as I mentioned before. So, that's probably more important, but but I think ultimately you are, you are going to have to wrestle with the the notion of do you really want to kind of put yourself behind in some of these games, which seems to be the the trend right now. So um, I, I think it's always interesting. I mean Archie Miller, look, he he was really to the point of being defensive about not wanting to change his starting lineup I, so far. You know, Woodson seems to be along those lines, but it's still early, and you know things are rapidly changing here, and Galway just became an option for him a couple of games ago. So we'll, we'll
3: see how he goes.
1: Mike, uh, we didn't get a lot of uh, details. Normally that's the case when someone is out. Christian Lander was not warming up with the team uh, on Sunday for the Minnesota game, and we found out just before tip that uh, he was out for precautionary reasons for a sore leg, I think is what the uh, little the snippet from IU and J.D. Campbell said on, on Sunday. Any update on What's going on with him? I know fans uh, uh, were curious as to why he wasn't warming up with the team and in today's world when someone's not playing and uh, not getting a lot of playing time. People wonder what's going on, but you cleared that up with at least a note he had something going on. Any details on that?
2: No, I mean, all I can tell you is what I saw with my own eyes is that you know he didn't have the, the dreaded walking boot on, on either foot and, and he wasn't moving around like he had any serious issues. So what, whatever he's dealing with, it's it's either maybe something like nagging that, you know, just kind of you have to deal with, or it's, it's an injury. That's very minor. And, and, you know, you take IU at, at, at their word that it was just a precautionary minor thing. So um, that's really all I saw. I didn't see any bad kind of optics from him he was very engaged with his teammates and all the things that you look for in that regard so I don't have any bad sense for for many of it other than he's just maybe got something minor that's nagging him right now.
1: Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier my guest Mike I want to take just a look at the schedule coming up we've talked some about the Iowa game on the road Thursday. Then next Monday, it's another road game, so back-to-back road games for IU as they'll be at Nebraska. Ahead of that, Purdue and Michigan at home, and then a Penn State game at home uh, as well, which to me is a huge opportunity for revenge after how poorly IU played uh, a week and a half or so ago. But the way I see it, the Iowa game is a 50-50 game on the road, but that game at Nebraska is a game, simply put, that IU, I think, has to win.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, especially if, if they were to lose at Iowa, you definitely don't want to go out to Nebraska and lose. I mean, at that point you're thinking, gosh, can these guys ever win a road game? Um, I, I see a lot of 50-50 games on, on, on the schedule. I like the way you put that because, you know, I just I feel like Purdue's kind of taken a step back in terms of their look of being invincible early in the season. You know, if I were to put money on that game, that home game against Purdue, I, I'd still probably lean lean their way just because you know it's you know they, they they do a lot of things really well and they, they Indiana's got to get kind of get that monkey off their back with losing so many games in a row there. but but most of these games you look at and you think, you know they they could really go either way. I, you know, I think Indiana, the last couple games have, has done enough to to make you think that there's nobody in this league that if if they're right, that they can't beat on a given night. And and one of the things we didn't talk about it that that kind of gets me going in that direction was how they handled Minnesota's game plan the other day. I thought, you know, that they were Minnesota's clearly sagging off of Indiana's point guards uh, throughout the game, giving them shots. And Indiana was able to, to win against that style. Whereas here, here in the last few years, a sagging packed in defense was kind of the, the kryptonite for Indiana. And so, again, I, I recognize it's only a home game against Minnesota who will probably finish last in the league, but but I, I still thought that that was important to to put that film out, especially Rob Fennessey, that, you know what, if you sag off of him, you're probably going to regret it, which he certainly made Minnesota do. So I thought that was an important sign to, to give me – you know I believe that they can compete in just about every game down the road here.
1: All right Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier he joins me Tuesdays to talk IU basketball and more Mike as always uh, thanks for the info the chat today we'll do it again next week.
2: Thanks Matt appreciate it.
1: We'll head to a commercial break and come back with our final segment of this Tuesday program Mike Pegram of Pes.com is with us more IU hoops including who is Austin Parks six foot 10 240 pound interior player. He was on campus Sunday. IU's in his final three. We'll learn more about him. We'll talk a little IU football as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for. All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective.
1: Let's win for coach. You got us here.
0: Here's Matt Dennison.
1: And we're back. Thornton's text line still open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Pegram of com always with us Tuesdays for the very latest on IU hoops, football, and more. And, Mike, I wanted to start with a little basketball recruiting here on this Tuesday. Austin Parks was at the game on Sunday. IU is in his final three along with Ohio State. And West Virginia, he's an Ohio kid, so Indiana will have to beat out the Buckeyes, the in-state team. But he's six 6'10", 240 pounds. And I tell you what, for a, an interior prospect like that to get a chance to see Mike Woodson in action and Trace Jackson Davis as well, uh, what, what an example for him to watch right in front of his eyes at Assembly Hall to see Woodson coaching and how he utilizes uh, Trace Jackson Davis. And obviously he's the focus of the IU offense.
3: Yeah, in Indiana, when they're best, is an inside-out team because that's where their best player is, and uh, and Trace is obviously going to probably leave after this year, and that provides a big opening for, for a, a big guy to come in and get some immediate playing time, so it's got to be an attractive option for for a guy like uh, Parks.
1: While we're talking about the interior post players, uh, Michael Durr of IUC's Limited Minutes, but can he be someone as the daily wear and tear, the grind of Big Ten play uh, wears on and moves forward? Can he be someone, Mike, from what you've seen in these small samples we've got, that can actually offer some backup to Trace and Race?
3: I think he can be a good backup. I thought you were going to lead me in there. Can he be the guy next year? <laughs> next year, And I was going to say probably not. I don't even know if he'll be back next year. But, uh I think he's a good compliment. He can pop out and shoot a little bit. And uh, I thought he showed some fire because uh, Joey Brunk took it to him right off the bat in that Iowa State game, a couple plays, and he responded later in the second half. And he's a good compliment. And, and, you know, race and trace are going to get, you know, 90% of the front court minutes, but they're going to get in foul trouble. They're going to have issues and they're going to need a break. And uh, Michael Doris, you know, had a slow start to the year because of injuries and, and missing some time, but he's become a solid backup role
1: guy. Mike, back to Austin Parks for a moment. Uh, His final three is set. I know he wants to take some additional visits, but uh, any feel early on on Parks and IU and where they stand battling against Ohio State uh, from his home state?
3: Um, You know, I think that they've got an excellent chance. He hit a really good trip, uh, and he sees where he fits in at Indiana. It's, it's hard to bet against the home state school, um, uh, but the, we heard the same thing with Logan Duncombe a couple classes ago, and Indiana just sold him on uh, the opportunity to come in and play and, and where he fits in. And uh, So, I, you know, it, it can happen. It's not a far distance for him to go. So his parents can come and see him play, and so there's definitely a good chance.
1: Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, uh, my guest. Mike uh want to talk some IU football with you here to close things out on this Tuesday program. Obviously, th- and this happened so fast, the departure of Coach Warren and then the hiring of the assistant coach, uh Wilt from Minnesota that's going to come in and be the defensive coordinator now at Indiana it all transpired so fast I'm not even sure that we got a chance to talk about Warren leaving it was just that uh Wilt had been hired as his replacement can you walk us through that process maybe why the departure of coach Warren and it sure seemed like with as quick as things went down Tom Allen must have knew exactly where he wanted to go
3: well yeah prior to coach Warren uh Tom had a kind of hand handpicked guy uh, that that had played the kind of defense he wanted, and and Warren came in with some slight alterations, a little bit less focus on the eyes of the quarterback, and a little bit um, more uh, I don't know zone, but just a little bit more playing in an area, and it didn't quite work out as well in terms of the takeaways. Indiana went from uh, take a lot of takeaways to a very few takeaways, and that's how they really built the team the prior two years. So that, I, I don't know that was I think part of part of the reason. Um, you know Warren's also has strong ties to where he's going in, in Carolina, and that probably played something into it and 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 they, it was very fast. everything happened so darn fast, Matt. It's kind of hard to evaluate, you know, but Chad Wilt, uh, being a defensive line guy who's developed some really good players uh, really attracted you.
1: Mike uh, Jared Casey, linebacker, played high school football down this way. Uh, started at Trinity, I believe, and then finished at Ballard over in Louisville, uh, one of the latest additions to the, to the football program at IU out of the transfer portal. There's been so much activity there. Uh, what, what's maybe still on the table uh, position-wise that Indiana is looking for, whether it's a late recruit or whether it's something through the, the portal, which still seems to be very active in college football at this time? Uh, what else is Indiana looking for for next season?
3: Um, you know, there's still a little bit of quarterback talk, but, uh, you know, they've, they've kind of filled uh, a lot of their defensive issues, uh, here in the last two or three, three days. And they, but they, you know, they, they're going to see what's available, uh, still with existing transfer portal guys, cause they still keep popping up. And, uh, you know, but I, I think that we were kind of through the most, most of their additions, but there's going to probably be a couple more, I believe. Know, based on their scholarship numbers.
1: I think there was some rumblings about maybe a high school, uh, football, yeah. a high school quarterback, you know, someone that was in the 20, uh, I guess, 2022 class. Uh, is that still on the table with the addition of the Missouri, uh, quarterback out of the transfer portal? Uh,
3: well, I only if the guy is really good. I think they're maybe evaluating where the talent there, because the numbers are okay. Now a little bit better now at the quarterback spot, but, uh, you know if if the talent level is is worth it because a 22 guy is not necessarily going to play right away they need somebody maybe who's ready to go
1: talking with Mike Pegram of com, mike the national championship football game last night obviously georgia gets the big win and and somewhat pulled away late in that game it's the opportunity now way early to think about uh, college football for next season and even the big 10 conference i'm not sure what to make of Indiana just yet for next year? When you think about the conference, where do you see the Hoosiers, and where do you see maybe the Big Ten as a whole? A way early glance at things now that the the uh, this season has come to a close. Um, uh,
3: there, uh, you know, all comes down to, to the to the quarterback position. I mean, you talking about football, right? Yeah, we um they have to, um, you know, get some uh, that. And they, um, the, the guys that picked up a wide receiver and some of the, re- the guys kind of stepping up there, that, to me that's where it's at. And then the linebackers that they picked up they can they really help them? But there's they're still some really talented uh, defensive backs. There's still a lot of – and then, then the offensive line has to be better. I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons to not be terribly optimistic about next year, but they've addressed things, brought in some transfers, and that's like rolling the dice. The schedule would probably be a little bit better next year too.
1: Yeah, Mike Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Mike, as always, thanks for the Tuesday chat, and we'll do it again next week. All right, man. Take care. All right, Mike Pegram with us Tuesdays on the program. And that's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the show. Looking ahead, a couple notes for you. High school basketball, we've got – A few games set for the weekend. Friday night will be at Floyd Central as the Highlanders host the Red Devils. It'll be the return to the court for Jeffersonville after a pause due to some COVID-19 issues. So the Red Devils and the Highlanders in a big rivalry game on Friday night. And then on Saturday, we'll be at Jeffersonville for another rivalry game. Providence at Jeff on Saturday night will be on the air about seven ten for both of those games coming up on Friday and Saturday. So high school basketball coming up, two rivalry games for the Red Devils this weekend, and we'll have both of them for you right here on the Big X. Also a reminder that if you miss our live show each weekday at 11 a.m. here on The Big X, you can always find us as a podcast. Really, wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report uh, with Matt Dennison. You'll find us there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, just about any podcast provider, uh, you'll find us loaded in there. And all you got to do is search and, and find us and listen to us on demand. And no matter how you're with us each and every day, thanks for being part of this show. We try to give you a good mix of of IU stuff, basketball, football, and a little other IU stuff. Uh, Also, of course, sports from a local perspective as well. And uh, a reminder, the Thornton's text line is always open. Save it in your phone, 502-414-1450. I think yesterday, uh, our Monday show, we set a record for the number of texts that we've had uh, in the hour and appreciate all of your feedback and questions and input and uh, do my best to get it all on the air. So thanks for those of you that participate. And we'd love to add more of you just to save that number in your phone and send us a text, uh, whatever you've got to say, or a question for one of our great guests we bring to you at 502-414-1450. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday show. I will be back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald-Times will join us. Also Wednesday, we've got Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, as we talk high school sports, local sports as well. That's all coming your way tomorrow. I'll be back with you at 11 a.m. Then this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.